AviationPros.com is the portal website for AMT, airport business, and ground support worldwide magazines. Visit daily for breaking news, industry blogs, and insightful articles from our magazine's editorial team. And don't forget to sign up for our publication's daily e-newsletters. It's all at AviationPros.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Joe Petrie, Editor-in-Chief of Airport Business Magazine. The city of Williston, North Dakota, took its community to the next level when it opened the new Williston Basin International Airport in October. I recently spoke with Williston Airport Director Anthony Dudas about the facility and the impact it'll have on the community. I guess my first question would be, why is this airport so important to the region? Well, we've had an airport previously, before we moved to the new Williston Basin International Airport, that met the needs of northwestern North Dakota for about 70 years. That airport dated back to 1947 and had never been fully reconstructed. Much of the subgrade of that runway and uh, taxiways dated back to that time frame. With that being said, that runway and all of the airfield pavements were only designed to handle about 25,000 pounds. And as you can imagine, even a 50-seat regional jet is more than 50,000 pounds, so over double what that airfield pavement was designed to handle. And in 2010, the Bakken oil formation really kicked off again, the third oil boom that the northwestern North Dakota region has dealt with throughout the lifespan of this uh, shale clay for the oil development here in, in Williston. And with that, in 2012 came commercial jet service brought by Delta and United. And they had to operate with a waiver to fly into Sloan Field International Airport because their aircraft were double the weight bearing capacity. And I believe we, along with one other airport in Western North Dakota, were the only airports that had waivers with those two air carriers in history to operate overweight aircraft and at an airfield not designed to handle those air, airplanes. And while we, we made sure that uh, all safety specifications were maintained and we definitely went well above and beyond as far as maintenance and things of that nature are concerned, we saw pretty significant pavement degradation due to that operation. Similar to what you would see overweight truck traffic on an asphalt road where that rutting begins, we started to see that on our airfield pavements as well. We had to do a full mill and overlay of our runway and all of our taxiway pavements. And those taxiway pavements were done in 2014 and 2015. And by the time we relocated in 2019, there were areas of those taxiways that already had almost two inch ruts caused by that overweight aircraft operation. As you can imagine, as the city saw this enormous amount of economic activity spurring off during the the first part of 2010 and into that decade, we knew we needed to do something. And that's when we began the planning exercise to identify what we needed to do and what the alternatives were to to fix the problems that we found and that were stunting the growth of air service in our community. As we, we worked toward that, we continued to have significant restrictions on our airfield. It was pretty typical, especially on warm summer days, that aircraft, uh, commercial aircraft would have to take off up to 50% of their passengers. So 50 seat aircraft, they're bumping 25 people off of that airplane because of our sloped runway, the rising terrain off the end, 
and power lines off the end of that rising terrain as well. So huge constraints. Those are just some very specific details, but there are a whole host of issues associated with that old airfield that we knew we needed to, to either fix or relocate to a new facility. So we, as a city, knew that we needed to, to fix this old airfield. So we went through a very robust and substantial planning and site selection and feasibility study for how we either rebuild Swollen Field, because really at the end of the day, we were either building a new airport at the old facility, we were tearing all of that infrastructure out that existed and replacing it with new infrastructure that met new and updated FAA design and safety standards. Through that process, utilizing an engineering firm to work through all of that planning effort, we developed a new airport master plan and a site selection feasibility study identifying 12 different locations which an airfield could be located in our region, as well as rebuilding Swollen Field. As we worked through that effort, it was identified and narrowed down to three sites, which included rebuilding Swollen Field. The, the real, I, I'd say, straw that broke the camel's back to rebuild Swollen Field versus building on a new greenfield site was the fact that we would have to shut down Swollen Field for up to two years with no commercial air service to our region to accommodate the construction. Additionally, the sale of that Swollen Field property uh, can be utilized to buy down and pay down the debt or the cost of construction for the new airfield. So the economic impact for shutting down an airfield for two years is substantial, as well as uh, not allowing for future growth and an expansion because of the proximity that airfield is or was to the city of Williston and the development that had occurred around it at that point in time. Throughout that time frame, and as we made that final selection with full FAA and State of North Dakota Aeronautics Commission support, uh, we identified what ended up being Site 5 for the new Williston Basin International Airport, XWA, which had our initial groundbreaking on October 10th of 2016, and we officially commissioned this airport on October 10th, 2019. So three short years from initial groundbreaking to actual operating commercial aircraft out of our new facility. In my research that I've identified, this was the fastest airport relocation that's been completed since World War II. We, we as a community started this planning effort in 2010 and completed that construction and operational of an operational airport in 2019, so nine years. And the most recent airport re, commercial service airport relocation uh, in my understanding is the St. George, Utah airport, which was completed in 2011, which their process began in 1995. So kind of, uh, it's been, been truly amazing to be a part of this process. I've been with the city of Williston since 2011 and had an opportunity to be part of some of the beginning stages and very involved in the construction and operational aspects of this new facility. A new facility means a lot of new items for everybody involved with the travel process. What are some of the amenities that are the biggest upgrades for travelers that the old airport lacked? Well, I think, you know, just to detail what we didn't have at the old facility that most travelers in modern air travel would expect to see at an airport. 
our old facility, as I, as I stated, dated back quite a long time. However, our commercial terminal at Solon Field was built in 2005, so relatively new and almost brand new in, in airport standards. Terminals typically last 60 to 100 years. During that time frame, the, the city of Williston in northwestern North Dakota was relatively a, a sleepy rural town, did not have the large economic activity that was brought by the economic boom of oil activity in 2010. And with that, you plan for the size of those facilities based on what economic activity and forecasted growth of air service would be. And that facility was built to handle about 10,000 people flying out per year, 10,000 employments. Um, as we moved into 2010 and really in 2012 when activity truly exploded, especially at the airport with Delta United commencing service, we actually saw about a thousand percent increase by 2014 in in plane passengers. We went from about 10,000 people to 120,000 people in one year. As you can imagine, a, a small terminal not designed to handle that, it, it was uh, constrained to say the least. Uh, we had to make room with modular units to expand our secure area, work with TSA to get appropriate spacing for their, their screening efforts, different air carriers, all of our tenants that uh, utilize and depend on our airfield and our facilities to operate were all severely constrained. So as we moved into this new facility, that was part of our design efforts is make sure that all of these different areas were right sized for our community. And that starts with our commercial terminal and identifying what size aircraft we would expect over the next 30 years or so to operate at our facility. And that's a, a challenging planning effort in and of itself. However, uh, we wanted to make sure that we built our facilities that were right sized for today with the ability to expand readily in, in the future should additional economic activity require that, that expansion to occur. So we built a 100,000 square foot terminal. We now have adequate queuing space and ticketing space for air carriers. We have a full restaurant and bar in our, in our airport. We have adequate queuing space in our TSA checkpoint with the ability to expand up to three checkpoint lanes. We have restrooms that are sized appropriately for, for the amount of traffic we anticipate in, and have seen in our, our airport. We have a mother's nursing and care area for uh, traveling families in our community. And even just to go as far as baggage claim, previously all we had was a, a small slide for bags to come off of aircraft. And now we have two baggage claim devices and uh, an automated baggage screening system that was not possible to fit in our old facility for TSA to expedite and create greater efficiency as people are checking bags through our facility. So we also have all of these other new pieces of infrastructure that uh, you don't necessarily think about as you're traveling, but we didn't have the luxury of having efficient or well thought out areas such as parking lots and parking lot management, rental car areas and places for passengers to clearly get to their rentals as they're traveling to our community. Wash facilities so rental car operators are able to get those cars turned around and cleaned for passengers as they're picking them up. Moving into the private aviation side, we now have adequate space for our fixed base operator to 
expand into. Also, they have constructed a, a pretty robust facility here with 30,000 square foot hangar and adequate space to provide all of our required services like flight instruction, aircraft charter, aircraft maintenance, and things of that nature. One of the other really large impacts of this new facility is that uh, our old facility didn't have space to allow for private hangar development uh, in a readily fashion. And uh, now we have very adequate space to move to allow people to come in and construct hangars should they want to do that for those private businesses and entities that that may want that opportunity. Can you explain a little bit how you marketed the new airport to the region and were there any community cheerleaders you worked with in order to uh, help make this uh, go forward? Absolutely. This is truly a regional airport and Northwestern North Dakota is still very rural in our country and we partner with uh, neighboring communities and into Canada for the traveling public. Our Williston economic development team in the city of Williston is second to none. They have been fantastic to work with along with the Convention and Visitors Bureau here in the city of Williston, helping make those contacts with our neighboring communities to ensure that we're meeting their needs as well. We don't as an airport just serve the city of Williston, we do have a pretty large catchment area. And there's somewhere between 200 and 400,000 people in that catchment area, depending on how far into Canada you, you draw that line. So we wanna make sure, and we did make sure, that we were communicating with them and providing advertising materials and communication materials to those different entities and those different communities to ensure that they're public was informed of what this new airport would offer to them and allow their their connections to uh, Minneapolis and Denver and allowing them to connect to the rest of the world. The airport's been open since October. How has the facility been received by the public? I would say the overwhelming majority of the people that I have had the opportunity to speak with have been very, very positive. Our old facility left a lot to be desired and did not accommodate even the bare necessities, in my opinion, of what air travel should be as an experience and as a necessity. So this new facility is has been uh, received very well in our community. We, of course, are working through the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic and the, the severe changes in air service across the country at this point in time, but we're hoping to move through this temporary uh, reduction in air service and continue moving forward and, and growing uh, and providing a better level of service to our community. We previously weren't able to accommodate even a, a 70 passenger regional jet. And now we, we can allow those air carriers to operate these bigger aircraft, which of course provide better services to their passengers with first class cabins and things of that nature um, and have the ability to fly further. Our old facility did have a route from Williston to Houston operating with a 50 passenger regional jet, which is about a three and a half hour flight. And that, uh, as you can imagine with one restroom, uh, is a, a pretty long flight with one flight attendant as well to accommodate that type of a route. And they would end up having to bump passengers or make a fuel stop because of the, the length of that trip along with the infrastructure needs that we had at that old airport. This new facility allows us that opportunity to communicate with air carriers, continue to develop that air service to meet the, the demands that our, our community has and allows those air carriers to make the best 
business decisions for their markets that they want to serve. You mentioned the COVID-19 pandemic. I wanted to know, how do you think this new facility will help the region compete in the future as the economy recovers? Well, again, this new facility removes all restrictions we, we used to have. And many of our neighboring communities, which are pretty far, uh, you know, our, our nearest commercial service airport to us is Minot, North Dakota, which is a full two-hour drive. It's about 120 miles. And a lot of our community wants to see leisure traffic, the, the ability to accommodate a leisure air carrier. And that's something that we just couldn't do at the old airports. Those carriers typically operate large aircraft that were, are in excess of 150,000 pounds. And we just couldn't accommodate an aircraft of that size. And now we have that opportunity to do so. So while we're, we as an aviation industry are struggling today to work through this COVID-19 pandemic, it's our responsibility here at the airport to communicate with those air carriers on what our community needs are, our economic factors that will help them make those decisions to continue to expand both leisure travel as well as major air carriers like Delta and United and their different business routes that they typically would operate. Going through the process of building an airport from the ground up, how do you think other communities should think about such a project to make something like that a success in their community? Well, a, a project of this magnitude really requires putting the right team in place, first and foremost. We had a very robust team of professional service providers to ensure that we, first and foremost, were planning and forecasting accurate as accurately as possible to identify what our needs were. The next part of that is when you're actually constructing a facility it, and this Greenfield Airport, we had more than 30 prime contracts going on at any given time. And it's not what you would typically think of as having a, a prime contractor. We had 30 prime contractors on site. So managing all of those different contractors who are all working in the same space at the same time is an immense challenge. And uh, getting a what we termed as the program coordination team on this effort in place to manage all of the different engineering firms. We had more than five engineering firms on this project and all of those different prime contracts, as well as all of those subcontractors who fall under those prime contracts. Then you move into the uh, ability to communicate and coordinate with all of the different stakeholders that are are impacted by this the relocation of an airport, whether that be our uh, airline partners, our rental car partners, all of the general aviation users, DFA, um, TSA, the state of North Dakota, of course, is a partner of ours and provided provided substantial support by the uh, financial support as well as um, planning support and coordination support, but. The other big part of that is our community, uh, making sure the community is informed of what decisions are being made, why we're building this new facility, and how this is going to impact their, their community moving forward and into the future and the ability to accommodate air service and all of the other stakeholders that are involved on, uh, on an airport on any given day. As we move into that, that construction phase and, and finally moving the actual transition from one airport to another, we we brought on a transition consultant, Chrysalis Global Aviation, who helped identify all of those different needs of 
those different stakeholders that I just listed off and worked with each and every one of them to identify those, those potential issues, potential conflicts, and work to solve those and to have an overnight transition from one airport to another, which was 12 miles away, uh, was an incredible feat and no small, no small effort by all of those different parties involved. One of the biggest challenges, in my opinion, was making sure that our staff was ready and able to operate really two airports. They had to learn an entirely new airfield. They had to learn new security standards as we moved to a larger airfield with larger aircraft. Uh, TSA security standards increase. Um, we also are now supported by the City of Williston Fire Department for ARF. So we have to make sure that those people and that are performing that duty are capable of doing it first and foremost, but also meet all of the, the FAA guidelines and requirements for that ARF service. As we transitioned into XWA on October 10th, of course it snowed that evening as well, which just added to the challenge that we were already working to overcome with all of the other challenges that, that showed their face as we worked through the construction process and getting to the point where we got an operating certificate from the FAA. Um, just a truly amazing teamwork environment. Uh, it's incredibly important to foster that type of a, an environment and getting contractors and engineers and our community and all of the other stakeholders on that same page is probably the very most important piece of that puzzle. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. For more information about the new Williston Basin Airport, check out the summer issue of Airport Business, where it's featured as one of our 2020 projects of the year. I'm Joe Petrie. Thanks for joining us today.